Welcome to the Igniting Hope Podcast, where you will experience catalytic encouragement and practical tools to renew your mind with truth instead of lies, so you can experience transformation in your emotions, circumstances, and influence. Let's break off self-limiting beliefs together like never before. The title of today's podcast is Hope Infusion. This is going to be a hope overload, I hope, for you. uh, This may be one that you're going to want to come back and listen to over and over again. I work, I'll use the word work, um, in a fun way, because it's fun, but I do work for Igniting Hope, the business that Wendy and I started, ministry we started, and also work for Bethel Church in Redding, California, in the Bethel Leaders Network Department, and I have been doing a monthly hope infusion for them. And by the way, the Bethel Leaders Network is just such an incredible network of like-hearted leaders who just are committed to bringing revival to every sphere of society. Check it out, Bethel Leaders Network, if you're interested in finding out more information. But I want to get into just today's message, and I'm going to share some of my favorite quotes on hope. I want to turn on a little bit of a preaching thing at the end of this to inspire you. I really got changed when I was reading a quote by Francis Frangipan, where he said, every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. And that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. Every area of your life that doesn't glisten with hope means you're believing a lie. And that area is a stronghold of the devil in your life. That rocked me. When I first read it, I got discouraged because I was trying to find an area in my life where I had glistening hope and I couldn't find one. And I prayed a dumb prayer. Oh, God, would you please show me every lie that I'm believing? I should have prayed, Lord, show me 10% of the lies that I'm believing. I'm pastoring a church, and I got the revelation that almost everything I believed in my life was a lie, and I was pastoring a church. I had good doctrine, but bad beliefs. Good doctrine, but bad beliefs. And I began to understand and seeing verses like Romans 15, 13, where it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say in believing. In believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that verse basically says this, that increasing hope is the evidence we're renewing our mind with truth instead of lies. Decreasing hope is the evidence that we're renewing our mind with lies instead of truth. So our hope level is really the indicator of whether we're believing lies or truth. We've got a lot of hope. We're believing a lot of truth. Don't have much hope. We're believing a lot of lies. Now, now there's no condemnation if we're believing lies. But if we don't know what our problem is, we have a real problem. If I'm a general in an army and I'm shooting my artillery uh, in front of me, but the enemy is actually behind me, I'm a bad general. I don't know where the enemy is. 
I used to not know where the enemy is. I thought the enemy was people. I thought the enemy was my past. I thought the enemy was the devil. Now, we don't discount those things, but they are not our biggest enemy. The biggest enemy that we face is the beliefs that we have. And a lack of hope reveals that we've got a bad belief. And we all have bad beliefs. We all have areas in our life where we're still believing the lie in, in, instead of the truth. And so hope, hope is so powerful. Hope, I believe, after love, hope is the most powerful leadership, influential quality there is, whether in a marriage, whether in a family, whether in a church, a nation. It is very difficult to influence that which we do not have hope for. Again, if we're trying to influence a spouse, we're trying to influence uh, people under our leadership, we're trying to influence a leader over us, the lack of hope for them is, is a problem. <laughs> Let me say it this way. Our hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Our hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Or let me say it this way. Our lack of hope our lack of glistening hope is a bigger problem than the problem, whatever we believe it is. It's almost always that case. I have three fun definitions of hope. They're fun to me because I love them. The one that I repeat the most, if you're a frequent listener of, to my podcast, is this, is hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present and we have the power to help make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I and we have the power to help make it so. Hope is what energizes us. Hope is, hope is linked to vision. If we don't believe things are going to get better and we can make things better, the Bible says without a vision, the people perish. We begin to die. We begin to move into survivalism with, within our lives. And so this piece of, I'm going to make things better, Martin Luther King Jr., he said, I have a dream. I'm going to make things better for my people. I'm going to participate in this. I'm going to do something positive. Seems like a huge mountain, but I'm going to do my part. And when we get hope, then we start to realize that oh, no, we're going to be part of fixing things. We're not just going to, we're not going to be just part of the problem but we're going to fix things. Nehemiah got hope that he could build the walls in Jerusalem. He says, I'm going to fix that problem. He got hope. He, he, he believed that things would get better and he could make things better. And provision was, was just given to him in a, in, a, in a seemingly supernatural way. And so, Hope, the belief that the future will be better than the present, and I have the power to help make it so, so powerful. There's, for all my life, there's always been a reason to be pessimistic. There's always a reason to be pessimistic. It's never convenient to break out of pessimism. Another great definition of hope is hope is the confident, joyful expectancy that good is coming. The confident, joyful expectancy that good is coming. This psalmist in Psalm 27 says, I would have lost heart unless I believed I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
It's a, it's a joyful expectancy. Hope is more general. Hope says good things are coming. I'm not sure what they are, but good things are coming. Faith is more specific. Faith says these are the good things that, that are, are, are coming. <laughs> and then another definition of hope is hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness and promises of God. Hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness and promises of God. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. I'm not into positive thinking. I'm into biblical optimism. I believe any interpretation of the Bible that doesn't lead to hope we can conclude we're probably not in interpreting it right. Now, God needs to partner with somebody who has hope to accomplish his will. Let me say that again. God needs to partner with somebody who has hope to accomplish his will. In Ezekiel 37, God basically asked Ezekiel, Hey, Ezekiel, I want to know what you think about these bones. Can they live? Do they have a good future? Because what you think is going to determine what I can do. He asked him, can these bones live? That's the question he's asking you. Can you live? Can your marriage live? Can your family live? Can your city live? Can can your nation live? Can your church live? Well, we know the answer is yes. And the Lord says, you prophesy to the bones. He didn't say, step aside, watch me prophesy. (laughs) Now, God needs to partner with somebody who has hope to accomplish his will. And I believe right now that something even in this podcast is getting released on you. There's a grace that is coming through my words that's going to infuse you with hope. The Bible says in Romans 15, 13, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. As we get our beliefs right, Our hope levels will rise, and then Holy Spirit partners, and he energizes us with what's called abounding, abounding in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we need to make sure we add hope to our faith. Faith without hope is unhealthy, because faith people without hope tend to carry around a spirit of heaviness on them while they're waiting for a certain outcome to happen, for a certain prayer to be answered, for a certain thing that they desire to happen. But hope people, they delight in the Lord while they're waiting and for that to be answered. And even if that isn't answered the way they want it to be, they have a belief system that they're going to thrive no matter what happens. Hope people are adaptable. Hope people are people that can thrive in different kind of situations. They're like the Apostle Paul. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The context of that is he said, whatever happens, uh, whether I'm abounding or abased, I've learned to be content. Hope people have their eyes lifted. They, They are not fixated on just certain things happening. Certainly hope people believe for things. They're standing for things. But the 
the roots of what they're believing in are put into the soil of hope, which makes their belief systems more healthy, more adaptable, able to overcome disappointment in, in an easier way. Hope is the safety net for when what we believe for in faith does not happen. Now, as I close this hope infusion, I want to talk about a character, <laughs> one of my favorite characters in the Bible named Caleb. Now, in Numbers 13, Moses sends out 12 spies. Caleb's one of them. They are to spy out the promised land, not to come back and give a conclusion on whether they can defeat the, the enemy. They're to come back and give a report on the strengths and weaknesses and tendencies of the enemy so they can get a battle plan. So they can get a battle plan to defeat the enemy. Those already said the land is theirs. Ten didn't understand it. And they came back and gave a negative report, negative conclusion, a non-hope-filled conclusion. But Joshua and Caleb came back and says, we can do it. Let us go up at once. We are well able to overcome it. And I can understand, I can understand Joshua. He spent time in the tent of meeting, spent time with Moses on the mountain. He, he, he was in the presence. And I love being in the presence, but this Caleb guy, Caleb, listen, I'm talking to a Caleb right now. It says in Numbers 14 that he had a different spirit. You have a different spirit. Listen, Caleb was, he, he broke out of the pack. He was hanging out with all the pessimists. He was hanging out with all the victim mindset people. He was hanging out with people uh, feasting on CNN and Fox News. He was, he was hanging out uh, with, with people that really could have brought him down. But he broke out of the pack. He said, I'm not, I'm not going this way. It says in Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He said, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be conformed to this. And I believe you are a Caleb. You are breaking out of the pack. You may have pessimists around you. You may have pessimism in your home. You, you may be in a place where people are grumbling at leadership, where people are, are, are just negatively responding to what's going on and seeking to pollute the, I don't know if they're seeking to pollute the atmosphere, but there's a pollution that's happening. We here at Igniting Hope Ministries we are here to help the Caleb in you manifest, to manifest. He said we can do it, and he did it. It took a few years to get there. Hope, hope, hope. I believe our hope level determines our influence level, and he who has the most hope has the most influence. This hope infusion. Again, some of you are going to want to listen to this over and over and over again, because it's going to get into your spirit in a deeper way. I remember my wife, Wendy, she would get a message and from Bill Johnson and listen to it five times in a day, and, and because I'm going to get it in my spirit. This is a time 
to get things into our spirit. This is a time not to be passive, but to strike the ground and keep striking the ground with with the truths that God's given us for the breakthrough that Jesus has already won for us. Wow, wow, wow. Hope infusion. Thanks so much for listening to this message. If you like this message, why don't you tell somebody else about it? And we always would love for you to email us at info at ignitinghope.com, info at ignitinghope.com, just for you to share with us, hey, you're blessed by the podcast. Hey, let me tell you a couple things, and then I'm going to release the joy of the Lord over you. I'm going to be in Concord, California, the first Sunday in May, also going to be in Buffalo, New York area in the middle of May, going to be in Las Cruces, New Mexico, the beginning of June, going to be in the Netherlands in June, Taiwan, I'll be in San Francisco, the early part of August, Taiwan in August as well. And so if you're in any of those areas or you want to travel to those areas and and come to a meeting that I'm doing, you can go to our itinerary at ignitinghope.com. You can find the travel schedule there. And I also want to just plant a seed in your mind that many of you know that we did a marriage seminar, marriage conference online a few months ago. Wendy and I, uh, Dr. Peter and Melinda Lahai, were key in that. And we're going to do another one in June. We don't have the dates just set just yet. We're going to take some of the same content that's there so uh, that we did and modify it a little bit. We'll have some live components as well. Keep alert on our ignitinghope.com, the newsletter that we send out. If you're not signed up for that newsletter and you want to stay current with what we're doing, go to ignitinghope.com and sign up for the newsletter. My book, Possessing Joy in 40 Days, is out. My book, Fully Convinced, The Art of Decision-Making, recently released, has been out. Hey, we got great courses as well on our IgnitingHopeAcademy.com platform, IgnitingHopeAcademy.com platform. If you're really looking for something to dive in deeper into these concepts, we've got so many Great things for you to do there. And I want to just release, again, I at the end of the podcast, I almost always release a truth on hope, but I've released a lot of truth on hope. So I'm just going to end with this today with just stirring up the joy of the Lord in you. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The merry heart is good like medicine. In his presence is fullness of joy. Jesus in Hebrews 1.9 says, was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his companions. Great parents, great leaders, great spouses create a culture of gladness. They purpose to. And because to create a culture of gladness, we have to let go of a lot of, a lot of things that are hindering us. But I know this, there's no convenient time to be radically joyful. Pretty much for everybody listening today, today's just not a good day <laughs> to be radically joyful. You, too much stress, too, too many uncertainties. Uh, maybe some of you are in decision-making fatigue, whatever. And, but I realize that 
I need the joy. I don't need strength at the end of the battle. I need strength in the middle of the battle. So we stir up joy through thanksgiving. We stir up joy through delighting in the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The delighter is delighting with unfulfilled desires. The delighter is delighting with disappointments in his or her life. And the delighting is a key for the very things that we want to see happen, happen in our life. And the mantra of the delighter is this, woohoo, Lord, I'm so excited to see what you're going to do uh, in this area uh, of my life. I'll just, just tell you right now, we're, we're, we're doing our Abounding Hope and Joy Conference. I'm recording this on a Thursday, and then tomorrow and Saturday we're doing, and we're, we have a, I have a lot of things going on right now, and I, I mentioned decision-making fatigue. I'm kind of battling that a little bit. There, there's financial things that we're committing to, and I feel the pressure of that, and I, I feel this thing trying to get on me. And now I, I just am thankful that I have the opportunity to speak with you today and to stir up my joy. Ooh, Lord, I'm so excited to see what you're going to do. I'm so excited to see what you're going to do in that area of uncertainty. I'm so excited to see what you're going to do in my family. So excited to see what you're going to do in my city today and my nation. Amen, amen. And as always, we're going to take five seconds of prayer. Why don't you pray for igniting hope? And some of you will be getting this right in the middle of our conference, April 28th and 29th, 2023. And if you do, I want you to take five seconds to pray for that. If you've been with me, I have been modeling just the, uh, I've been modeling, I'd rather attach five faith to five seconds of prayer than pray 30 minutes and not attach faith to it. And so we've been doing this, and you get many needs that come up across uh, you, you and people text you, you hear things, you read things. And when we're able to release faith in the five-second prayer, because sometimes the, the lie is, it's too big, we can't do anything. <laughs> now we're powerful. So pray for us, pray for Igniting Hope. We feel it. Pray for our team this summer as we're planning on some really some powerful things in the fall on leadership that I'm going to be expanding my reach into the lives of leaders. My brother Phil is working with our team on the culture of empowerment for business, and we've got some great things going on there as well. So there's some things to pray about. Why don't you take five seconds right now and release a prayer over Wendy, me, Igniting Hope. Thank you. Amen. And just take a moment and just thank God. Just thank him, either out loud or in your heart. Thank to say, thank you, Lord, that's happening. What I just prayed for, thank you that it's happening. Hey, thank you so much for those who've sown financially into igniting hope. It means so much. We've been given just so many books away. Um, and that's one of my goals is to give a lot of resources away. You're helping us do that at a conference that we just did at Bethel for almost 500 attendees. People registered. Every person or every couple got a free copy of my 
book fully convinced, and I'm committed to getting the message out. I'm committed to people who listen to this podcast who can't afford some of the things we're doing so that we can help you do them. And your financial gifts are helping us reach people and build this movement of hope. You can go to ignitinghope.com and find out information of how to donate. And if you're not able to donate, we bless you. Just thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your encouragement. It means so much. All right. God bless you. I look forward to being with you again on a podcast from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening. You can be a part of our live stream of this Igniting Hope podcast by joining our social media channels on YouTube and Facebook and hitting notifications. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. Help us get the message of hope out to more people by liking and sharing this podcast. Also, we have so many more incredible resources for you, including books, events, and courses on our website, ignitinghope.com. And why don't you say this concerning the message in today's podcast? I receive it and I'll never be the same again.